Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAers. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions, uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming the weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about our HA, diving into how HA works, and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other. It's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at. Whether you have HA or you've got a few recovery periods, we have your back and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join and the link is in the show notes for you okay on with the show hey and welcome to the hypothalamic amenorrhea podcast an adulting advice podcast production i'm danny sheriff and this is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly this podcast aims to educate inform and keep you motivated on your period and ha recovery track let's dive in Hey guys, I am here with Kaylee McDevitt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always want to say McDewitt. I don't know why, but I know it's McDevitt. There it is. And she is a registered dietitian. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Danny. <laughs> Can you just kick us off? And I want you to tell me who you are and what you do. Sure. So I'm Kaylee McDevitt, as Danny explained. I am a registered dietitian and I run a virtual private practice where I help my clients overcome hormone and digestive issues largely. So I specialize in women's health. Um, I use functional lab testing to be able to personalize nutrition interventions. So very individualized approach. Um, We're very involved. When I take on a client, we work together closely for three months at a time. I get to work with some really incredible women that are just 
like getting after it with optimizing their health. And it's super rewarding. Um, I also run a online women's health course and community called Her Hormones Academy that I created with another functional medicine dietitian. And it's really like everything that we do one-on-one condensed into like a DIY fashion to make that information available to more women. I love it. And I have a Her Hormones Academy um, account and I obviously went through your module on HA, recognize your voice on it. You were the one explaining it and it was so good. So I was wondering, can you please explain to us what hypothalamic amenorrhea is? Sure. So hypothalamic amenorrhea is a mouthful in terms of a diagnostic label. You may say HA going (laughs) forward. (laughs) HA is what we will say. So that is the clinical name for the loss of regular cycles that last several months or more. And so if we break down that mouthful of a word, it tells us a little bit more about what that condition means. So amenorrhea just means loss of cycle or absence of cycle. And hypothalamic is referring to a portion of the brain called the hypothalamus. And that portion of the brain is important because it links your nervous system to your endocrine system via something called the pituitary gland. So you can think of the hypothalamus as like the shot collar when it comes to fertility and hormone production. So in HA, it's a condition where the hypothalamus, for a variety of reasons, decides now's not the time for reproduction and then tells everything south of there to decrease hormone production or completely shut that off, which is presenting with the symptom of either a couple months of no cycle or even years of no cycle. Awesome. Thank you. And when you say several months, so I know a lot of people say like three months is a good, if you miss it for three months, it's HA. There is a term um, for when you have more sporadic uh, gosh, what's it called? Like augmentorrhea or something? Um, there's a couple. There's like oligomenorrhea. So that's like multiple cycles. Yeah. So there is a bit of a difference, but at the end of the day, I think they're all kind of triggered by similar events, mm-hmm. which as you're explaining, the hypothalamus. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So on this show, I'm chatting with registered dietitians, nutritionists, functional nutrition therapy practitioners, health coaches, and exercise physiologists to help women get an idea of perhaps which type of of professional is going to like work best for them while working through HA. So would you mind explaining for us what the difference between an RD and a nutritionist in general is? Yeah, that's a really good question. It's really confusing too, especially because RDs can now have a credential that's RDN, so registered dietitian nutritionist. So you might see RD and RDN are actually the same thing. Oh, okay. Good to know. (laughs) It gets really confusing. Um, The big difference is required training. So to become an RD, you have to complete a bachelor's degree in dietetics. So four years, you have to go through a year-long accredited internship. So you're doing unpaid work for a year. (laughs) You have to sit for a national exam um, and you can't sit for that exam until you go through the internship. Um, There's continuing education that's required every five years to maintain staying on top of, you know, the ever-changing nutrition information that's out there. And then as of, I think, 2024, it'll be master's required to become an RD. So you'll see soon most RDs also have a master's degree too. Some of them already do, but it'll be required here in a few years. So 
if you have an RD in front of you, you know that at a minimum they went through that level of requirement and training. For nutritionists, there are so many certification options out there from like one day online certifications to like year or years long training programs. So there's just no standard of training and like certifications required to have a nutritionist title. Um, Most anyone can call themselves a nutritionist, whereas an RD is reserved for people that go through that process. That doesn't mean that nutritionists are any less qualified or that they aren't as good as RDs. There are phenomenal nutritionists out there. Um, And I think that there's probably a scale of skill in either category. But what you need to do if you've got a nutritionist that you're considering working with is just ask those questions or dig around on their website to see what schooling or training or certifications did that person go through to get to where they are now, because there's no standard across all nutritionists, if that makes sense. It's really interesting. I definitely thought like a nutritionist was, I I knew that a dietitian, I think this is probably a common misconception that a dietitian Mm -hmm. is like the highest kind of studied, the most studied. And then a nutritionist is also studied and accredited. Mm -hmm. And then we're, then we're into like nutrition coaches and stuff, which is what can be self-named. But, right. and you're saying a nutritionist is, can maybe be, have some certifications of some kind, but it's actually not like an accredited, there's no board and right. official exam that you pass and that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a little confusing and there are many different types of nutritionists and different certifications and they may even have different abbreviations like Mm -hmm. functional diagnostic nutritionist and all of those. And they all come with different privileges. So it's just important to make sure you research that individual because there are some really fantastic professionals out there. Even if they don't have an RD, they might still have similar privileges, but the RD is the most regulated and legally protected. And then you have a couple of additional privileges as an RD with ordering lab work and being able to practice medical nutrition therapy and even being able to get insurance coverage sometimes for services. Cool. Well, thank you for yeah. that breakdown. Appreciate it. It's confusing. So you obviously work with women with all kinds of health related mm-hmm. issues. I know that you do talk a lot about hormones and all of the plethora of issues that can happen to a woman's hormones. But on this podcast, we talk about HA. Mm-hmm. And I would love to get your high level hypothetical breakdown of what you would do if a woman comes presenting HA symptoms. So first, mm-hmm. what what are the symptoms you're looking for in a woman? Because maybe she doesn't know that she mm-hmm. has that. She's just coming to you with symptoms. And what steps do you take? Sure. That's a good question. So the, the biggest symptom here is someone coming to me saying they're not having a period anymore. Um, And usually it's been for several months, maybe even longer. Um, That's just the type of of clientele I tend to attract. Um, And so if I hear on an application to become a one-on-one client, I'm not having a consistent cycle, or it's been X amount of months since my last period, my brain's already turning that this is probably an HA case, and we'll work that up in the same way. Um, So with HA, at the root of it, there's some inputs of stress to the hypothalamus that's causing this whole hormone cascade to be totally shut down. So as a practitioner, my goal is to figure out what what are those different sources of stress and then what can we do to resolve those things so that that communication flow from the brain down can resume like it should. So we're going to talk about the basics, of course, of are we eating enough? 
on a consistent basis. I can't tell you how often that alone is enough to restore this. Um, so we'll look at dietary adequacy. We'll look at their exercise, like their training volume, because of course, if we get a little bit too robust in our training volume and we don't have enough recovery and nutrition to match it, that can absolutely be enough stress on the hypothalamus to shut down hormone production. We're going to be looking at things like sleep, stress, like the regular sources of stress that we think about, which is on a whole new level in 2020. Um, and then as far as investigating things a little bit further, I like to look at nutrient deficiencies because sometimes a vitamin, mineral, antioxidant deficiency can either contribute or exacerbate this issue. Um, we'd want to be ruling out inflammation or maybe hidden infections. Um, and of course, working on mindset stuff too, because that's a big piece of this picture. So we end up creating this big web of all potential stressors that could be contributing to this case. And when I take on a client, we map out this big life timeline of seemingly like unrelated or irrelevant events, but just trying to figure out when did this happen? What maybe set you up for this to occur? Has this happened with anyone in your family? And when you look at a timeline zoomed out like that, you can usually see some indicators of different areas you should dig into first. So it's like a fun little puzzle we get to put together. And so what we do together in our time really depends on what potential root causes come up from that timeline creation and from any lab testing we pursue. I love it. I loved doing a timeline myself, even yeah. though it was hard because I realized my memory. I <laughs> Did this happen first or did that happen first? But mm -hmm. not only did it help me figure out triggers, but it also helped me figure out on those couple of times during having HA that I did get a period, like yeah. what, oh, what was happening well around that right. time. So it's a very interesting practice, even for people to try and do alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very cool. I like that. Yeah, tracking, just tracking yourself and how you feel and what you're changing is so nice because like you said, it's not always about identifying the stuff that went wrong in the past, but it's like, I'm feeling really great right now. What am I doing? So I can you know, reinforce that mm -hmm. going forward. Well, random question for you then. So when I was going through HA, I didn't use fertility awareness method tracking, yeah. which I might get you to do a quick overview of like mm -hmm. what that is. But the reason that I chose not to is because I thought I'd just be so stressed about it. Like it's another yeah. thing that I would overanalyze. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. What, what do you think about utilizing that kind of thing when you don't have a cycle? Yeah, it's, it's a tough decision to make there. It really depends on your emotional response to tracking that data. And I don't always use fertility tracking in HA cases for that reason, because with fertility tracking, we're largely looking at basal body temperature changes over the course of a month. And so if you are cycling, there's a distinct pattern that we would see that happens after ovulation. But if you're not cycling, we're really just seeing kind of the same temperatures every single day. Um, so typically I would wait until we had some signs and symptoms of an approaching cycle before we implemented the basal body temperature tracking, just so that it's one less thing on their plate and it's not a daily reminder that that's not happening the yeah. way that it should. So when I say tracking in the HA case, it's more so like food, mood type stuff, um, how I felt about myself throughout the day, maybe different lifestyle things that I've been trying and how that affected how I felt, energy, like even hair, skin, nail changes, more of those kinds of things and less fertility awareness method tracking until we can get a cycle back. Nice. Yeah. And for those listening who don't know what that fertility awareness method tracking is, um, it's just where you track. If you actually have a cycle, most people use it for birth control or conception 
or just to know when their period's coming in general. Yeah, uh, yeah you can track your bodily symptoms mm-hmm. to figure out where you're at in your cycle. And I'll probably do an episode on that yeah. at some point, but just so people aren't super confused. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So y- you were talking about nutrition de- uh, deficiencies you mentioned mm-hmm. as yeah. something that you would look at and basically how HA is an energy deficit mm-hmm. and a str- and stress-related. So what is the difference between an energy deficit and a nutrition sorry, and a nutrient deficiency? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. So an energy deficit is requiring is <laughs> can't speak today. An energy <laughs> deficit is related to a like total amount of fuel available for use. If you see energy, just think about fuel. And food really is the energy that the body runs on. So if you see an energy deficit, that means we're not getting enough total calories on a consistent basis. Whereas a nutrient deficiency is a specific micronutrient. So like a vitamin, mineral, or antioxidant that's at suboptimal levels. So you can have nutrient deficiencies without energy deficiencies. And you can also have energy deficiencies without nutrient deficiencies. So they're two totally different things, Mm -hmm. but both have the ability to negatively impact health, especially as we talk about HA, because with HA, it's the brain getting some signals, whether that be not enough energy or maybe even a nutrient specific deficiency and deciding, hey, now's not the time to procreate. Let's shut everything down. Gotcha. So I think this is because this is a question I get in my DMs a lot and they're not directly people are like I'm doing everything right Mm -hmm. I'm eating more I'm resting way more I've gained this weight I'm super uncomfortable but I'm sticking through it but I still haven't got any period Mm -hmm. so I feel like I mean what happened for this that's what happened to me and I started to work with a professional and we started to dig into nutrient deficiencies yeah so I was a little bit like whoa so you're saying that even though I'm eating all of this stuff, I'm still not, I may be not eating enough of the right stuff or it's not that I'm not eating enough of the right stuff, but something else is causing mm-hmm. a nutrient deficiency. So could you speak a little bit to that? Yeah. Yeah. And I know you're not alone in that. And I'm sure that those are the kinds of DMs that you get too. Um, you have to remember that you're not just what you eat, but what you eat and absorb. So Gut health is a big factor here. Um, you could have a perfect diet in terms of all the micronutrients that we need to be getting, but if there's something going on with your digestive tract that's preventing you from absorbing and assimilating those nutrients, you're still going to end up with nutrient deficiencies at the end of the day. Um, and then, of course, you know, having variety in your diet is, is the step one there, so we can get a wide array of nutrients from that. But if something is truly deficient, at least in my experience, we have a hard time correcting a deficiency from food alone. And a lot of that has to do with how depleted the soil is today versus 50 or 100 years ago. Like the nutrient density of even our very best food is just not the same. And we're not having 100% absorption from that. So that's where working with a practitioner like you did, and um, I'm assuming you had some testing done that made very clear the things that you were falling short in. And then you can either supplement that at a therapeutic dose short term, or maybe make some dietary changes that allows you to get more of that nutrient. So it's not as simple as eating enough. That is a huge, big, big step in the right direction. But sometimes it takes a little bit more fine tune correcting. And that's so different. 
hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. From person to person. Yeah. There's a lot of people who do get their period back just by um, increasing food intake. Totally. There is a lot of people who have been like trying for six months, eight months, one year, and it's not working. Mm-hmm. And it does feel like the missing piece is supplementation. So what kind of testing do you do? Or is there anything in particular you're looking at? Or could the po- possible things you're looking at be wildly broad? Yeah, I mean, it is a wide net that I would cast if somebody was doing the foundational stuff and not seeing any progress. And a lot of that's just dictated by their timeline and our initial assessments. But if I wanted to look at nutrients specifically, um, there's a micronutrient blood test by SpectraCell that I like and use. It looks at like 36 different vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants and gives a pretty good picture of what might need more support. And if we see certain patterns of deficiencies that can help clue us into hmm, maybe this is something going on in the gut versus a dietary insufficiency or maybe stress is super high and we're depleting a handful of nutrients because that's the area that we need to focus on more. Um, So that's a big starting point for HA. 
Um, I see a lot of digestive issues in HA clients too. And I know I've mentioned that a few times here that if your digestion is not on track, we're not absorbing the things that we're eating to our best capacity. And so that's where we could be putting in all of this effort, but not really seeing any changes. So investigating what's going on in the gut, because if there's a bunch of dysbiosis or maybe even pathogens present, that's a inflammation and stress that's always kind of simmering in the background. And when we have something like that going on unchecked, that's a massive stress to the brain. That's a massive drain to our nutrient reserves. Um, so that's something that I would commonly look at. We may have to look at adrenal health in an HA case, depending on you know the signs and symptoms that they presented with in their health history. Um, I'm asking questions about if there was mold exposure, if there was a past history of a head trauma, those kinds of things can all impact the way that our brain communicates down. Um, and very occasionally, I might have to refer out for like a pituitary MRI if there is any significant head trauma injuries in the past. So I just want to reiterate that this looks different from person to person, mm -hmm. and it, it has to. And if you are doing everything that you know how to do currently and not seeing changes, hire someone and help you dig through that because there is a reason there at the end of it. And the longer you spend spinning your wheels and beating yourself up about it, the more we're adding stress on top of stress. I love it. And with the hiring a professional and all that good stuff, and you had mentioned the mental side of things too, mm -hmm. how much of what you do has to be paired with supporting someone mentally through what's happening here? Uh, almost all of it. Mm -hmm. It's, and I think in the years that I've been practicing with each passing year, I'm more and more reliance on some of the mindset work and like partnering up with mental health practitioners or finding resources that people can implement on their own, whether it's meditations or visualization exercises or breath work or books. Um, I just think that that piece of the puzzle really can't be overstated and working on your health in any capacity is a stressful, you know, typically isolating experience. And that area needs to be supported if you're going to heal and, and feel your best. So I often recommend my clients work with therapists as well, or like I mentioned, use some of the other tools that we can find. Yeah. It's a huge driver for starting this podcast was just having somewhere for people to go to yeah. consume content that just kind of keeps them focused. I just remember searching everywhere for support because I and I think this is common, my first move wasn't to hire professional help. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of expensive. It's scary. Like I'm just one of those people who wants to try and fix it themselves first. So I wanted to create a place for people to just get as much information as possible, listen to other people's stories and just feel like they're a part of the community. Mm -hmm. But at some point, you might get to a point where you need to get that professional support and I would say when I eventually did that it was the best and I think it wasn't even that I felt more you know like I had a cheerleader in my mm -hmm. court or anything like that but it was easier for me to follow the protocol because it wasn't just me trying to validate my own protocol and I think that's one of the biggest places that we struggle is um be honestly feeling like we deserve to heal or to 
eat more or that we deserve to just like look after ourselves and rest Mm -hmm. and fix our problems. And there's something about having a professional in your court tell you, hey, we've done the testing, we've built a timeline, I've done everything you know, I've done all of the testing for you and I'm telling you as an unbiased third party that this is the right track. It just releases you of so yeah. much more stress. And I think that's like just a huge part of what hiring professional help can give. That's a great way to describe it. And that's why like practitioners hire practitioners for themselves. Like managing your own health is it's too emotional. Like you're, you're too invested in it when it's you and it's hard to see things clearly. And particularly with HA, it's often hard to give yourself permission to spend the time and money focusing on these things or permission to mm-hmm. eat more, permission to rest more. And having that come from somebody that's objective and particularly if that's based on some testing or something that's giving you further evidence to support the protocol, it's just it's so much easier to follow and you don't have to do as much guessing and checking on your own. Yeah. <laughs> like I just, you think that you know what you need. Yeah. Or you're hearing a, another story or you're listening to someone like you on a podcast and you're like, but I still don't know if that's what I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the only way to know is to get testing done or something like that. So love it. So I have a listener question, which is something I want to try and implement in as many podcast episodes as I can. So actually Astrid asked a great question, which is can hypothyroidism and or Hashimoto, Hashimoto, Hashimoto's, I've never said that out loud. (laughs) I hear it all the time and I've never said that out loud. Hashimoto's make someone more susceptible to HA and is it possible to heal HA with pre-existing conditions in general? Yeah, that is a really good question. So hypothyroidism and then Hashimoto's, which is autoimmune hypothyroidism, um, are going to affect energy availability. Your thyroid sets the pace for energy production in all of the cells in your body. So anytime that is underactive, we've got less cellular energy available for different body processes. So that would be a pretty similar signal to the hypothalamus as under eating or over exercising, basically just a shortage of energy available. So I would definitely say, and I can't back that up with like a study that's been done on this, but in theory, it would make sense to me that if you've got an under-functioning thyroid, that you could be more susceptible to HA because we've got an energy deficiency situation on our hands on a cellular level. And then her question about, is it possible to heal HA with pre-existing conditions? Yes, absolutely. But we've got to be addressing those things at the same time. So we could do all the textbook HA support things. But if like in this instance, there's Hashimoto's going on too, if we ignore that, I don't think it's possible that we would see the same results or the same results as quickly. So that's why it's important that all of that is looked at at the same time and addressed at the same time. And likely they have similar roots, um, whether that's genetic susceptibility, nutrient deficiencies, stuff going on in your lifestyle. I don't think really any aspect of health operates in isolation. They all kind of come and run together, run in packs and influence each other. And so looking at optimizing someone's health would be, you know, HA in addition to anything else that's going on because they're all related. Okay. So if someone comes to you and they're like, hey, I want to solve this one health issue, Mm -hmm. but they actually have a bunch 
yeah you're you're not just gonna focus on the one we need to look at the whole picture here yep yeah the body is complex Mm -hmm. and I think that that's the biggest difference for working with you know, a nutritionist, a dietitian, uh, many of the other like more holistic or functional practitioners that you have on this show is that holistic and functional by nature means you're looking at that whole person. You're looking at that whole, like all of the body systems and how they interact and even stuff outside of the body, like stress and sleep and mindset, because conventional medicine typically is looking at one thing at a time. Like you see one doctor for one thing and they address just that. Whereas when you work with somebody outside of that space, they're able to look at all of those things and how they influence each other. And I just don't think we can really isolate different aspects of health and expect to be as successful. Yeah. That's a really good point. When you bring up the doctor thing, I think everyone has the experience of going to the doctor, getting five minutes with them, telling them one symptom you have, and then giving you like a a medication or something Mm -hmm. for that symptom. Whereas going to speak with a professional is going to, they're going to sit down with you. The first meeting is usually like 90 minutes mm-hmm. or something. What do you, yeah. is that like for you? Yep. Yeah. They're the long. <laughs> 90 minutes. And before you go to the meeting, you do, you fill out these like four page documents <laughs> of like check boxes of symptoms you have or don't have. Um, there's a lot of preparation goes into it. So they're really painting a whole big picture of you and your life. And then you guys are like looking at it from every single direction and triaging all of the problems. Yeah. It's just so much more in depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- and thorough. I love that. Okay, cool. So yeah. if someone wants to work with you, mm-hmm. where would they find you? And Yeah. <laughs> So I do most of my stuff on Instagram. I spend most of the time there and it's mm. at Kaylee RD. My name's spelled weird. It's K-A-E-L-Y, just so you know. Um, that's my website too. And I infrequently these days post blogs to that website. So the majority of my stuff's going on on Instagram and I love to educate. I feel like maybe I was supposed to be a teacher. Maybe I will be at some point, but I love to try to take complicated concepts and present them in a way that's easier to swallow. Like I, I really enjoy doing that. And I do that on Instagram like most days. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you are interested in learning more or working with me, that's where I would start. Um, if you're interested in becoming a client, if you just click the bio link on my Instagram page, there'll be an application process. And I offer free calls for potential clients just so we can get to know each other and make sure that I can genuinely help you. And Um, in order to book that call, you just fill out that application in my bio and then we'll get in touch with you and figure out if that makes sense or if I should refer you to a different colleague. Um, I mentioned I do Her Hormones Academy too. So you can find that on Instagram or its website. Both are Her Hormones Academy. Lots of educating going on there as well. And so much stuff crammed into that program. It was basically everything in my brain and my colleague's brain about women's health, like converted into little modules. So that's something that we're really proud of and happy to make available to a lot of women. Yeah. I love your Instagram first. You do do some of the best infographics with breakdowns of complicated things that means a lot (laughs) yeah it's really good and you do them in series as well so what do you dedicate like a week 
sometimes to yeah. a whole topic. Sometimes it's like two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's really fantastic. And it's a great place to start if you want to start stalking professionals that you might eventually work with. That's yeah. so true. Instagram's like a little teaser of what it would be like to hire that person. So Yeah. And the thing that I really liked about Her Hormones Academy is I was able to open it up and put the whole presentation because the modules are basically videos. Yep. So it's like easy to consume in that way. And with slideshow presentations, so you have the visuals and I could just kind of like draw or doodle while nice. I was listening. Yeah, it was great. It was like a structured class, mm-hmm. but also that you could click around and do the different modules that are interesting or relevant to you. So it was really cool. People awesome. should check that out. I'll put the link to that in the show notes, actually. Great. I'm glad that you liked it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, cool. Thank you for that. 30 minutes of power conversation. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate <laughs> it. And so your Instagram is at Kaylee RD. Yes. And we'll put your website in the show notes. And I hope that people reach out and get some professional help. Yeah. Yeah. Reach out. Even if you're just saying hi, I'm happy to to chat in the DMs. And I just love that you're doing this, Danny. I think it's so needed. And I think that the women that find this podcast and find you are going to find so much good information and community. And I don't think that's anything that really exists in the HA space specifically. No, not yet, but it's Mm -hmm. coming up. It's like people are popping up all over the place. Like I have this too. I have this too. And I'm just like, wow, my experience was that it was really hard to figure out where to go and who to talk to. And there's one book on the subject Mm -hmm. and yeah. So someone's got to be there for them when everyone starts catching up. Yeah. (laughs) You're doing it. I love it. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Have an amazing afternoon. You as well. Thanks for having me.